With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. Uh, this, my name Joe Bond, uh, one of the co-hosts on the show, um, content manager here at So-Called Fantasy Experts, and owner of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host is AJ Applegarth, and he's actually on time this week. I'll, I'll cue him in here in a little bit. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack all spelled out one word and tonight we're going to be talking about some of the, the the bad injuries that have seemingly complicated fantasy football playoffs um some of the kind of busts of the week from last week you know which was the first week of playoffs for a lot of folks the bust from last week and then we'll get into some baseball talk. There was a couple signings that happened right at the end of winter meetings and after the winter meetings that have that are going to impact things. And then do our typical week 15 preparation. Um, let me bring in AJ here. AJ, what is going on? Hey, Ace, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Um, so I want to start off. Are you um are you alive in any of your leagues anymore? No. <laughs> uh, not, not at all. Yeah. You had a rough you had a rough year, man. <laughs> I was out uh before we even got to the playoffs and uh, Oh, were you? Yeah, so I forgot you were out in all your leagues. I just, I totally forgot about that for some reason. But, yeah, well, all of my leagues. There's only two, so it's not completely horrible. Oh, I thought you were in a couple more than that. I don't know why. No, no. This year, I uh, I, I scaled it down. back. I, I had too many last year. It was hard to keep track, and then I had two pick 'em pulls as well. <laughs> so it was just not not happening this year. I still have the one pick 'em pull. Um, doing okay in that. I I kind of tailed off a little bit the past few weeks, though. Um, so. Nope, not in uh, not in any of my leagues, but uh, did uh, did score a solid eighty two dollars worth of winnings on DraftKings this weekend. All right, man, that's a that's a successful weekend. That'll make up for for losing all your money in season long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, or earlier on DraftKings, <laughs> whatever you know. Uh, but yeah, we just I just want to talk about uh, that. <laughs> yeah, have to give a shout 
a shout out to uh to Seattle. Uh everybody except for Thomas Rawls, thank you for your injury. Uh he was showing a lot of promise in that game in that first drive until he had been in. Oh he yeah. was, yeah man. That that definitely hurt me. I could have potentially had some more uh some more ducats coming my way, but eh, that's all right. I'll take what I got. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, so I am actually still in the three leagues that I was in the playoffs in. Actually, one of my play, one of my leagues doesn't start playoffs till this um, this week. It's just a four team playoff, so it's it's semifinals this week. But I kind of had to win to stay in. There was a poten- there was a possibility I could have been knocked out last this past week had I lost, but I ended up winning. Uh, but I stayed alive in my big dynasty league, which was good. I made that's the one I made the big trade in. For Adrian Peterson and Carson Palmer, um, trading away a couple draft picks, but um, nice. yeah, so I'm still alive. It's pretty happy, so I'm definitely gonna be able to cash because that's a that's a two week final, so I'm definitely cashing out in that league regardless. So I'm I'm pretty happy, but um, yeah, nice. you know I know that I know that you know I won, but I know there are many people out there that lost and potentially lost bad. And what I mean bad, I don't mean when you lose 170 to 70. I mean when you lose like 150 to 149. Um, And I believe we've got Richard on the line here. Richard's going to call in. He was telling me some pretty crazy stories about his fantasy sports writers association league, uh, about just some crazy upsets that were going on. And they were all like really close matchups that came down to kind of the wire here. So let's bring him on here. And I just kind of wanted to, uh, uh, get this, get his, uh, stories going here. Richard, are Hello, you there, Joe? man? Hey, what's up, man? I am. Uh, not, uh, uh, a whole lot, actually. Um, it's been a very busy week, uh, for, uh, for the <clears throat> first, uh, playoff week for most leagues. And especially, like you mentioned, uh, the Fantasy Sports Raiders Association League. Man, I I was the fourth seed in that. Uh, like they have uh, eight make the playoffs because it's a sixteen team league, and uh, I ended up fourth seed. And the first, the second, and third seed all lost. But the most devastating ones were the second and third league uh, seeds. How they lost. The second seed lost, like you mentioned, a hundred and nine uh, point. Uh, let's see. What, what, I'll give you exact. It's 109.3 to 108.6. So it's a difference Ooh. of 0.7. That's brutal. And he did it with Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Dwayne Harris combined, and that gave him just enough to beat this to beat the number three seed. And we're talking about a guy who had, you know, like. Guys who have really been stepping up, like Bortles and Brad and Marshall, and you know, oh. and so I mean, you're, you're talking about a team, and the rest of his team has got like Kobe Fleener and uh, Grimes. You know, it's 16, <clears throat> 16 team league. You don't get a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of room for good players. It's low scoring and it's standard too. Yeah, that's and uh, the that's other pretty one, crazy. Um, and I, I'm gonna actually hang, hang on there. I'm gonna actually um, 
I'm going to, I just muted you, AJ. AJ, we've got some phone issues with you, I think, man. Do you mind uh, calling in with a different phone or something? I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of static going on from your end. I, I muted you. So just go ahead and call it back in, man, if you don't mind. Um, go ahead, Richard. Sorry, man. I, I wanted to get rid of that static. It was really distracting. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it too. I, was, I, I didn't yeah. know whether it was me or, uh... anyway, uh, yeah, so, in 16 team leagues, you don't get a whole lot of, you know, you you don't get a lot of players. You really got to pick for depth, which is kind of up my alley because I like deep sleepers and things like that. I like, yeah, I like but, outsider man, people. That's, that's crazy though, man. They got one off of the Odell Beckham crazy, crazy game there that he had that long 84 yard or whatever it was, 83 yard. Well, how long was that touchdown pass? Like 80 something yards. Um, it's it yeah, crazy. it was. Uh, yeah, it was from inside the twenty. That that and that was the other thing too. That helped uh, the 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 one uh, the one lady who's in our uh, fantasy sports writer uh, who who defeated the third seed on that long touchdown that gave her uh, enough points. She, she had she had Eli Manning and Orlean Darqua on her team. And that Yikes. was enough to get Go her over the hump. <laughs> yeah, she, hey, I tell you, you sixteen team leagues, man. You you when you're in deep leagues, man, you you grab what you can get. I mean, it it's it, which actually makes it fun because you know you really got to you know if you pick a lucky sleeper one week, you know it helps you you win. But that was just it's got to be devastating to the to those. And so where it leaves me. I'm now the highest <laughs> remaining seed of four. Uh, the fourth, sixth, seventh, and eighth are only are the only ones left. So That's uh, I'm nice, a little man. bit nervous because I'm the favorite, and uh, I I feel you know the favorites are kind of like uh, an endangered species these days in playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you're the sixth seed in the fantasy six pack league. You knocked out the three seed, so it's the week of the underdogs for you, man. Oh, that was the yeah, that was the other thing. You know, I, I you know, the, going into that, I had, uh, you know, I had the projection. You know, I kind of I take I take projections with a grain of salt, but you know, you sort of get a bit of it's sort of it is a weighted average. But I didn't think he would come out that bad. I thought it would be quite close. I thought I could pull it out, but I didn't think I would pull it out like him. Just like I think. Out of even even the consolations, I think he might have. Been, I can't remember exactly what the scoreboard all said, but he didn't do very good. Uh, the the mystery man that uh, from from uh, NLF, the uh, Next Level Fantasy, he's pretty good. I play. He was in our basketball yeah. league. Well, he and, won last he, year. He's, he won the football league last year. Yeah, he's a very good. He's a very 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 sound uh, drafter. He's a good drafter. I don't know. Yeah, that guy about definitely his... knows what he's. That guy definitely knows what he's doing. Oh, he's he's into it. <laughs> he's really into it. So he's he's a really good player. Um, I I, I want to try and get him on the show one of these days. The guy he doesn't write for any sites or nothing, but he's kind of one of these like expert players that I've kind of met along the way. He's a good guy. Um, I think AJ's yeah, back. Let's see I... if we got any more issues here with Static on his phone. Hang on. We good. Uh, yes, that is much better. We gotta we gotta fix that mic issue with you, man. 
Yeah, I don't anyway. know. I mean, it's the same mic I've been using the past. I know, it's been the last weeks. couple of weeks, but this week was clearly, the, this this week was bad. It was tolerable the last couple of weeks, but this week was bad. It was like constant static. So anyway, um, okay. yeah, so you missed a lot of the stories, but, you know, he was telling us, Richard was kind of telling us about how the one of the matchups he had uh, was, he got won by .7 because of Odell Beckham Jr., blowing up last night. I mean, I'm sure going yeah, into that game, he didn't really think like he had a chance. 60 bucks. <laughs> uh, up, yeah, I'm sure that's like a lot of things. DraftKings, and then that, that 82-yarder bumps me back down to, like, making 50, and then I guess I kind of fell asleep at that point and figured I was good to go, but uh, yeah, that's, that's But you know surprising. something, AJ, you made a point that you know, if you're if you're out of it, you still got you still got DFS. Uh, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel. You got yeah. you know. I think that's one of the good things is that you got you got these uh, you know daily fantasy games that, and and so you're never really out of it really, like you used to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, that seemed like a pretty crazy week for you. I just kind of wanted to get you on to share those. Um, yeah. So. Appreciate you coming on so, and and, uh, uh, and sharing those stories with us. All right, man. You guys so, take care and uh, have yourself a good right. week. All right. You too, all man. Right. Thanks, yeah. Richard. Take care. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Richard Seville. Uh, I didn't do a proper introduction for him, but he is the content manager over on FantasySixPack.net. And as you can tell, he's in the Fantasy Sports Writers Association leagues or one of them. I think there's multiple leagues. Uh, but I believe that he's in he's in he's in the league with a lot of the big guns. Um I can't remember all the names, but uh I know I know he's in there with, with quite a few um pretty good guys there. Um and am I still on? Yeah. Hello? Still on. Oh, okay. My thing froze up here. I'm having all sorts of technical difficulties today. I don't know what's going on. My computer's hosing up on me. Anyway, we're just going to continue on. So I wanted to get into the injuries that occurred over the week 14. And a lot of these guys, man, they went out like the first drive of the game and it just it really cost a lot of people um you know Thomas Rawls like you mentioned he was having such a good start to that game and i don't even think a lot of people really expected him to have a great great game against baltimore cuz their run defense is is usually pretty good um but you know he was he was having a good start and then of course the the ankle injury he's out for the season um you know, you mentioned that one. Probably the two biggest blowers of the weekend were Andy Dalton and Tyler Eifert. They both went out in the first drive of the game. I know that helps me yeah. win one of my matchups. I had I was going against Eifert. Um, I don't know if you had any anything affected because of that. No, neither of those guys. Rawls was pretty much the the main culprit of my uh, you know lesser points uh, for for the DFS games that I was playing in, but. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's and and for Dalton to go out with making a tackle on the guy that he threw the ball to, I mean, yeah, that's brutal. Just, 
that that hurts even more. I mean, <laughs> literally. But and insult to injury, it, man. Yeah, injury to so, insult, I mean, whatever. I said it backwards, but you know what I meant. That's a huge. Uh, that's a huge blow for them, especially to lose both of those guys, let alone one of them. Um, you know, yeah. and, and against a, a tough division opponent who's now fighting for the division lead themselves. So it'll be interesting to see what McCarron can do. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really. <clears throat> I'm not, I mean, McCarron's got a, a definitely, definitely a good opportunity. I mean, he's got a good team around him. That's 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 going to help big time for him. I'm just not really feeling McCarron. He got a good matchup too, though. I mean, that's that's gonna help too. I don't know. Well, yeah. If you're I totally, if you're nice, totally, totally it's desperate, it's definitely a nice uh, setup for him to come in and you know be his first start or whatever right now and uh, against a weaker opponent in San Fran. But you know, he, he almost can't really sleep on the Niners either. Um, they've surprised I mean, they, you. They've they've kind of shown some flashes, and I mean, they're 500 at home, and, and the Bengals are five and one away. So, you know, I, I still think the Bengals have the edge, but he's just got to play within himself and not try to be out there, mm-hmm. you know, trying to prove that, you know, maybe he should have been drafted higher or something like that. Like, dude, just learn, get the game plan down, know know the talent surrounding you, and, and go with it. You know, you come from a winning pedigree at, at uh, Alabama, so it's not like winning is, is something new to you in general. Uh, and you're just being thrust into this, but do do your job and and it'll work out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, another injury. These next two are kind of interesting because we don't really know what's going on with either one of them. It's kind of hush hush right now, and I'm not really sure why. But T.J. Yeldon of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he has a knee sprain. My guess is he's not going to play this week. Maybe next week. Maybe even the week after. Um, and we'll get into kind of the effect of or the effect that's going to have later. Uh, Jonathan Stewart's another one. He's got a foot injury, really kind of uncertain right now. Not really sure what's going on. Um, you know, they're they're talking about. I'm, I'm you know I'm seeing Twitter blow up with Cameron Artist Payne talk and. You know, just hold your horses on that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going after Cameron Artist Payne regardless. I mean, they've, they've inactivated the guy almost the entire season. So I don't see them just turning the ball over to a guy they haven't had active on their roster the entire year just about. Um, Vincent Jackson, he's got a knee injury likely out for the season. I don't know if a lot of fantasy owners are really going to be missing him. Um, Winston might, I suppose, and it might hurt you know, some extra recovers to roll over to Mike Evans' side. But I don't really know if that's affecting a whole lot of people. And Brian Hoyer, another concussion this year, doubtful for Sunday. I actually kind of think the rest of the season's in doubt. And yeah. that's a that's a pretty tough blow to DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins was already struggling a little bit. Uh, his, they've seen his targets drop. Um pretty significantly. You know, he was above, I was reading a stat where he was above, he was averaging like 11 targets for the first nine weeks. And then, and then since week nine or something like that, he's dropped to nine and eight. And then last week he only had six targets. Uh, so he's been kind of on the down swing of things. I don't mm-hmm. think it's completely his fault. I think it's offense 
And obviously teams realize that he's kind of all Houston has. So they're just rolling coverage his way. So, but, you know, it looks like that TJ Yates is going to be the one filling in for Hoyer. I mean, he did okay the week that he started when Hoyer yeah, was out Yates earlier this year. He's not a bad fill-in. Um, you know, the the matchup is, um, you know, obviously the Colts are kind of fighting to – I mean, they're fighting for the division lead there too, actually, and tied both them and, and Texans at 6-7. and seven. Um, Yep. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And the the good thing for Hopkins is that Yates isn't afraid to throw to him. But uh, I'm just not – I'm not wild on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, you know, kind of kind of transitioning from all the injuries that, you know, if you had the Dalton, you had the Eifer, you had the Rawls, um, those guys – pretty much killed you this week if you had them. Um, so it kind of leads into another discussion I want to have. Kind of, And, you know, it also ties into the bad beats thing where you kind of feel like it was a bad beat. If you had any of the, I'm calling them the playoff bust. Um, you know, you've relied on these guys all year long and they didn't show up for you when it really counted. Um and you can go ahead and throw in any of the, any guys that you can think of. I just made a quick list here. Top of my list, and because I was also playing this guy, so I saw it happen firsthand, Allen Robinson, man. He got shut down by Vontae Davis until a – I think he scored, but I think that's, like, all he did. Um, I think he caught, like, one pass for 14 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was, it was like, what happened? Um, and because, I mean, I was looking at my score – I'll admit, I didn't watch football this weekend. I I was out running around doing Christmas shopping. Um, so I'm just like on my phone walking around stores trying to shop and look at my fantasy scores the whole time. Uh, yeah. And I just see a zero at halftime in this game for Allen Robinson, thinking to myself, I, this is the best thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> so yeah. That was, that was well, brutal. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he went one reception. He only had four targets. And it was a four-yard touchdown, like you said. So, I think part of that, though, was you know, definitely the Vontae Davis factor. Um, you know, he's he's a shutdown guy, and he's obviously their best uh, their best DB. But you know, Bortles really spread the ball around a lot too. Uh, you know, he connected with nine different guys. Um, you know, so he, he had other touchdowns to Hearns. Uh, which was, you know, my Hearns my big solid man. pickup for <laughs> for the the DraftKings league. Um, that was my he only had pick three catches. <laughs> yeah, he only had three catches, but he he did a lot with them with the touchdown and 105 yards. Um, yes, he did. You know, Julius Thomas had five catches on seven targets for 54 yards in the TD. Um, so I think it was a little bit of you know both things, and and it could have just been that. Robinson was covered, you know, he he just wasn't open enough to, to get the ball to him. So, um, yeah, he was definitely a bust this week though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a shame. I mean, you know, it guy's been so good all year and this, he picks this week to, to not do anything. DeMarco Murray, man, what the hell? Like, 
I know he wasn't great this year, but he's been he's been usable. And then last week, well, I guess I'll say week thirteen, he got what like eight snaps or something crazy like that. And then this week, he's been he was relegated to the fourth string. That great. Yeah. I think he's still got like eleven touches. He's still got eleven carries or something like that. So fourth string, whatever. But it has basically made that backfield completely untouchable. And I mean, it couldn't have happened at a worse time for fantasy owners. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially with all of the, you know, injuries that we've already seen taking out big name running backs. I mean, DeMarco's been an absolute bust this year. And I think you probably called that in the beginning of the season, too. Um, it's like, I don't know. I it's, never didn't it's hard like to him, watch. But it, I didn't think he'd be quite this bad. Um, you, you thought at least he'd be able to do something in the Eagles' offense. I didn't think he would do as well because I thought there'd be timeshare issues, but yeah. I didn't think it would be that he wouldn't be able to run behind that offensive line and in that style of offense. That actually surprised me. I was not looking at it that way. Um, yeah. So I can so I can say I called it, but I called it for the wrong reasons. Um, well, and that's it. <laughs> it's he he's not built for this system. And I think I touched on it last week. You know, these coaches and owners, big name guys that are out there, and then they they do what they can to fight to get them. And in this case, especially, the Eagles wanted to get Demarco to keep him away from you know their division rival uh, in Dallas. But he's not built for this system. He's a north south runner, and this whole system is based around shifting, you know, side to side and then yeah. going with it. It's not good. And it's not good for him. Can't do that. Um, I mean, he, I'm sure he can, but he can't do it as well as they probably thought he was going to fit into the system for it. No, no. And it's pretty surprising. Anyway, moving on. Um, another kind of, I mean, he did okay. In PPR leagues, he did okay. In standard leagues, You've been disappointed with this guy for a few weeks, and it's Julio Jones. And we mentioned him last week going into kind of the do you trust him going into the playoffs? And I, and I put him on there because he has seen his production decline just about the last five weeks. And, you know, I kind of did some more digging into it. He hasn't scored in five weeks now. 36 straight catches without a score. I mean, in PPR leagues, he's still getting seven, eight, nine catches. So he's holding value there. Um, You would love to see the score. That would make him a wide receiver one, hands down. Um, But, you know, in, in standard leagues, like, you seriously might consider shutting him down in two weeks when he plays Carolina again. Um, Cause he's just not getting it done. And I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the whole offense. I don't think they have enough talent around him. Matt Ryan is struggling. You know, we talked about a lot this last week, so there's not a whole lot more to say, but it's just more proof yeah. is kind of stacking up on itself more and more and more. Um, yeah, that you've really got to consider sitting this guy. He's got a good matchup this week. Um, I think they play Tampa Bay. Is that right? No, Jacksonville. Uh, sorry, he doesn't have a great matchup this week. 
Uh, I mean, he's in Jacksonville. Yeah, he's at Jacksonville. So, so I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a favorable matchup. Jacksonville has been on the worst side of pass defense, so um, you know it's it's definitely on the favorable side. So we'll see if they can take advantage of it. And honestly, if they don't do not take advantage of it, um, in the in the league I own him in, I might actually sit him for the for the for the championship if I make it there because it's only a half point PPR. So I'm not really getting the full advantage of all the catches he gets. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll have to see. It's just, you know, kind of the things to think about when you, when you're really making your lineups, you know, you, you can almost, almost play a little bit of kind of daily fantasy mindset with, with your lineup. You know, you're not just going for consistent. You kind of sometimes need the home run because you're playing the best teams in your league. Um, so and sometimes you can play safe and it's always hard to sit guys like Julio Jones cause they can just completely blow up. But, you know, if you've got somebody at least reasonably good on your bench on your team, I, it, it, you, you might consider playing him. And in fact, for the next guy that I want to mention, I'm absolutely sitting him. And I did last week and I'm so glad I did because he had one catch for nine yards and mm-hmm. it is Des Bryant. He had the first catch of the game for nine yards and then got nothing else the rest of the game. The offense, he's, for one, he's clearly not healthy. I think you can agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Castle is a complete train wreck. Uh, the rest of the offense is just a complete mess. So I, I don't know if I can drop him. I, don't, I mean, is he droppable to you? Uh, it, de- it depends on who's still left in your matchups, but I he's he's borderline. He's he's about there. Um, I mean, I I would definitely consider it if I wasn't you know worried about the guy I was going up against picking him up, but. I mean, you know, Des has I mean, talent. You just got to. Yeah. I guess you got to worry I mean, about that foot, and you've got to worry about Matt Castle. I'm not using him, but yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, I can't drop him because I'm just afraid that <laughs> you're going to look up and your opponent's going to have him, and he's going to blow up for 25 points. But because he can. Well, and that's that's just it. It's like you know. Am I gonna risk giving somebody else the points, or just leave them on my bench and just you know let it ride? It's it's not gonna hurt you to keep them, um, you know it shouldn't at least. But you know if you have a better option, I I would be looking at that for sure. Yeah, I think we can definitely both agree there. And um, my you know my last playoff bust was Big Ben, man. Like you look, if you just look at the score of this game, you see 33 points by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're thinking, "All right, Big Ben, he had to have a big game." Nope, nope, nine fantasy points. I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah, that's that's rough for sure. Um, I mean, it was the defensive touchdown, uh, yeah, and then the two one-yard rushes by (laughs) D. Willie. So. I, I I mean that's pretty much what put the writing on the wall for for Roethlisberger. Um, 
But, you know, even with that, you look at at what the other guys did, what the receivers did. I mean, Antonio Brown had seven receptions, you know, 87 yards, no touchdowns um, after coming off of his huge game at, at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Heath Miller had a, had a good game, but that's, that's really where all of Roethlisberger's passes went, I feel like. Um, yeah. You know, he, he had 10 receptions, <laughs> only 66 yards, not horrible. Um, but, you know, he, he was the, the guy, he was the go-to for that, that offense. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, D'Angelo Williams had a really, really good game. Big Ben, not so much. But you know what? I I don't want to keep it all bad news. We started this show kind of negatively. Um, let's talk about some of the guys that kind of surprised us. I mean, I, I wouldn't say surprised us, but they were kind of our fantasy saviors. Um, they were the guys that if you had them in your lineup – you more than likely won your matchup because these guys completely blew up and 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 they were they were difference makers. Um, Todd Gurley and I think we were both completely wrong about this last week. We thought he was, you know, we pretty much left him for dead. He had had three three or four pretty pretty bad weeks in a row and. It things were not looking good for him. He actually didn't have the greatest of matchups last week. I'm blanking on who he played. Um, Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it, well, yeah, that's right. And so Detroit, you know, Detroit had been having a a really a really good you know stretch of games there, especially against the run. Um, and early on, it, it honestly looked like. Todd Gurley wasn't going to do anything. And then he just blew up. I mean, 16 rushes for 140 yards and two touchdowns. That's a ridiculous game. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's his best game since week seven. Uh, yeah, since week seven against the Browns when he went 19 for 128, two touchdowns. But he added a uh, he added four receptions for 35 yards. He only had one catch for seven in in this past week. Um you know and in this week he gets another pretty he gets a favorable matchup this week. He gets he gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh actually that isn't such a great matchup. Um I think a lot of people think it's going to be but now that I'm looking at the numbers they rank 5th in the the defensive rating on uh football outsiders here. So it's not as good of a matchup as I initially thought. Um, but at least it gives you signs of hope. But, you know, he was he was really good last week, um, which I think surprised everybody. So I think you can go back to using him. Just hope for more of the same. Um, Blake Bortles. And if I told you that he was going to f- be the number six quarterback after 14 weeks of the football season – um, you probably would have laughed at me, but that is exactly what he is right now. Yep, he's had a really good run of games, um, and I'll tell you, you know, we we talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about picking up the right guys for the playoffs, 
we talked about all these Jacksonville players and their favorable schedule and he gets Atlanta and New Orleans. And I know Atlanta has been okay against quarterbacks for some reason, but it's yeah. still Atlanta. They still have the 24th ranked pass defense. You know, decent quarterbacks are still going to do pretty good, pretty well. And then he gets New Orleans in week 16. You couldn't ask for anything better there. They have the worst ranked pass defense, worst overall defense. I mean, that's just – if you can somehow snatch up Blake Bortles, if he's still available, um, I don't know. There's not a lot of quarterbacks right now for these next two weeks that I'm starting over Blake Bortles, and that's really surprising to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, he's just been on fire, and – you know, losing Yeldon hurts a little bit, but you know, Denard Robinson's been—he he had been a good, good game. Um, so, and he had a good season last year when he he stepped up and played. So, you know, he's got the talent, and you know, we, we already talked about the receivers around him with you know Allen and Allen, and uh, and and Julius Thomas is finally kind of coming back around to what what he was showing when he was out in Denver. And, you know, he, he looks like he's catching balls from Peyton Manning again. I mean, it's – Bortles has been that good. Moving to, who would have thought moving to Jacksonville was actually a better decision for him because the quarterback yeah. situation in Denver is a complete mess right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, speaking of one of those quarterbacks that I think I would, I would start over Blake Bortles right now, it's, it's Russell Wilson. Now – there's not a single quarterback except for Tom Brady with a help, healthy complement, a complement of or full complement of healthy receivers and weapons that I'm starting over him right now. And, yeah. and this week, I've actually got Russell Wilson ranked number one, and he's completely destroying it. These stats are unbelievable. He's the number. He was. He's the number four quarterback right now, after 14 weeks. He was. Out of the top 10, I think he was out of the top 15 four or five weeks ago. He's thrown 16 touchdowns in the last four games. And his big target, Doug Baldwin, is doing it, did it again. He's now the number eight receiver in fantasy. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I believe he was in the 40s about three weeks ago. He has eight touchdowns in the last three games. That is a yep. stretch that is unheard of. I mean, that's that's like Odell Beckham Jr. kind of stretch from last year at the end of the year. And and yeah, I think we can all safely say that Baldwin's nowhere near that has the talent of Odell Beckham. It's, it's really been for Baldwin since week 10 against Arizona. Um, I mean, he went seven for 134 and a touchdown in that game. And that was kind of his coming out party. Granted, he didn't do anything the following week, you know, going six for 60 against a weak San Fran team. But then these last three weeks, eight touchdowns. Uh, I mean, uh, 145 yards, 94 yards, 82 yards. He's an absolute animal. And, and, And him and Wilson just have this ridiculous connection going on right now and it's going to carry them to the playoffs uh seattle's playing some of the best football 
that I've seen them play since two years ago, probably in the playoffs. Um, and then even last year in the playoffs, I mean, they, they very easily could have won the Super Bowl last year had it not been for that interception. Um, you know, and they should have still ran Marshawn Lynch. But either way, uh, this this connection is, is ridiculous. And, and Tyler Lockett has been coming on, and he had a huge yes, game this weekend too. Um, yes, he has. And we were going to talk so, about him later. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely good call there. Um, so another, another savior, and we know we already talked about him because uh, he saved somebody's butt in the – FSWA league apparently I'm sure many of other leagues uh Odell Beckham Jr uh I mean I I don't know why I really doubted this guy going into the season I mean well I'll take that back I know why I did I thought Victor Cruz was going to play and I thought it was going to make a difference um and clearly we're seeing that when Victor Cruz is there Eli Manning throws to one person um yep but still, this guy is just a this guy's just a freak of nature. I mean, he he just runs right by you. If you don't have a guy playing over top of him, you're not covering him. And so it just that was a really dumb play there at the end by Miami to let him get open for the eighty three. Like they just plain didn't cover him. It was just shocking. Yeah. How you don't that cover the best guy on the field. An absolute joke uh, on on the defensive side. Um. But, I mean, he came into this game, you know, all they were talking about is how he was fighting an illness and this and that, and he really was looking forward to this game so he could, you know, get back with his his buddy, you know, Jarvis Landry, who also had a decent game. Not, you know, he didn't have the two touchdowns that that, uh, Odell Beckham had, but he still put up good numbers, you know, for any other given week. But... I mean, just to hear, like, oh, he's sick, he's sick. And then he busts off that that 84-yard run where he just sprinted all the way down. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. and then, then Ray Lewis all over the end zone. I mean, it was it was astonishing to watch. I mean, the guy is just out of his mind good. Yeah, he's he's a freak. You know, a lot of people are kind of talking he's going to be the number one pick next year. Don't know if I'd go quite that far yet with him, but he's he's inching up there. That is for sure. Um, uh, you know, I mean, two, yeah, I think I it's don't possibly know. justified. I, it depends on the running backs. I still think, and if it's a full PPR, if it's full PPR, I'd I'd probably consider it. But, yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, it's just yeah, it, it's hard for me to take a. Oh, I don't know. That's about that's a longer conversation for another time. That's yeah. I'm just saying he he's up there. I've I've been hearing rumblings that he's gonna be the number one pick next year. But it's so that's interesting. So these next two guys that I want to mention, you know, I, I don't even really know if a lot of people started these guys. Um and I almost guarantee almost nobody started this next guy, Isaiah Crowell. Um I mean he had a good matchup against San Fran, but He's been doing absolutely nothing yeah. since week five. Even then, that wasn't great. He just, you know, but wow, 20 rushes for 145 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he sat on my bench in my dynasty league, and luckily I didn't need him, but he's been firmly planted there 
since the first third of the season when he's done nothing. Um, and then the the guy that kind of go with him is is Ted Ginn Jr. I mean, you never you seem to never quite know who Carolina is going to throw the ball to every week. They've kind of turned into the Patriots of two years ago when they had like no really good receiver. Um, yeah. Before you know, before Edelman really kind of took over. Um, but it, it's like it seems like every week somebody has like two touchdowns and this week was 10 again junior granted he only had two catches they were just for 120 yards and two touchdowns but i mean these kind of guys like if you happen to start like if you absolutely had to start these guys i mean they were total difference makers and you know that kind of stuff can happen if, if you can if you can analyze it right and 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 pick the right matchups then you're you're going to benefit you know if you can if you're willing to take the chances these these are the reasons why you know these are the examples of of why it works of course it could definitely backfire on you too but you know we can see it backfire with you on your on your real guys too but yeah i I usually try not to get too super cute you know like i'm clearly not gonna ever ever start like a ted Ginn jr over julio jones no matter who they're playing but you know if i've got somebody relatively decent you know i'd consider benching him for jones it would have to be somebody like upper echelon too like it can't be a ted ginn jr type level um but you know like if i had a doug baldwin because like honestly at this point you probably snatched baldwin off the waiver wire or if you held him he was your, your what wide receiver five all season maybe maybe wide receiver four at this point i could consider starting baldwin over julio you know like that's the type I would. of play like, like that's the type of thing that, that I would do. So, like, that would have to be the level that I would have to do it at, to bench these, like, stud guys. Like, so don't get too super cute and don't think, like, oh, the third wide receiver for this team because he had a good game last week, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. start him over my stud guy. Like, no, don't get that cute. Um, you, you'll, you'll end up losing – 99 times out of 100 doing to do stuff like that. But, you know, if you've got decent guys that are on a roll, then, then yes, by all means, you know, bench, bench your, you know, your number one receiver if he's in a funk like a Des Bryant, like a Julio Jones type of guy. Um, yeah. Those are the types of things. That's kind of what I was trying to get at with this whole, you know, bus saviors thing is just to kind of prove to you, like, there's there's ways you can mix and match your mat, your, your lineups that, is smart and then there's ways it's not smart um but before yeah, we I mean, get into I, our at, i would still look at playing again this week if you if you're looking for a good flex play i mean he's not getting a lot of targets but the past two weeks uh, i mean he's had two touchdowns in both games and long pass plays so oh yeah you definitely take I mean, the top that, off the defense it's there so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Gin, yeah, Gin's a Gin's definitely a play, um, and and I think that's about as far as I'd go with him. Still, I'm I'm still kind of leery because you're right. He, I mean, he's getting, he's getting decent targets. He's got 79 on the year total. My problem with it is he's only got 37 receptions, so he's yeah. he's not even catching half of the balls thrown his way. Um, 
he's been better lately, but they've all been like deep passes. Um, and they've been against terrible defenses. But once again, they've got two terrible defenses coming up, the Giants <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, you're like, you're right. You're like the, the matchups are there. So, I, you know, a flex, a flex would be would be an opportunity to do that, to do that with him. But I think that's about as far as they go. Depending on your roster, obviously, you know, things are different. But, you know, I think typical lineups, he, he's looking at, at flex at best. <clears throat> so before we get into the Week 15 talk, I wanted to, you know, we, we did some of the baseball talk last year or last week. And I wanted to get into a couple of extra signings, and, and I'll do the quick ones here real quick. Um, Johnny Cueto signed with San Fran, six years, $126 million. I mean, I I think that's pretty worth it. I mean, this guy this guy's a legit pitcher. Um, I know he struggled when he played for Kansas City this year. Um, going back to the National League, I think he's just going to light it up again. The guy, the guy's incredible. He has – I saw a – that where he has like the second best ERA since 2011 or something crazy like that. Um, he's always he's he seems to always get overlooked in fantasy drafts, and I never knew why. I took him two years ago, and it was like the eighth round or something crazy like that. Nine, maybe later than that, and I just rode. He he was like one of the best pitchers all year, and so he caught on a little bit last year because of that. Uh, but he's still seemed to go rather late later than yeah, I thought he I would. Think he, I think he was the top pitcher points-wise in, in my one league that's, you know, super pitcher-heavy anyways. But right. um, the, the guy that owned him this year took him in the second round. Uh, you know, he took Chris Sale in the first round, and I made a bet with the guy that, you know, uh, Carlos Gomez would ha- end up with more points than Cueto at the end of the season. Well, I lost, but surprisingly, not by much, because um, well, Cueto just Gomez he just got hurt, struggled. He? It, well, Gomez was hurt for pretty much most of the last month. Um, so I'm sure but, that yeah, I mean, it, that a disqualify the bet. But anyway, um, um, yeah, it, it should have. But since he didn't technically go on the DL or whatever, and I didn't really follow it that much, but whatever. Uh, Cueto is <laughs> definitely a guy I like this year, though. I mean, going into the National League, playing in a pitcher's park and a weak division. Yeah, absolutely, you know. man. Yeah, it's going to be – it should be good for him. Um, another quick one, Steve Ciszek, um signed with the Mariners. Two years, two years, $10 million. Um, kind of sounds like he's going to take over that ninth inning role. So, uh, you know, he, he's – He's been one of the better closers the last couple of years, despite pitching for a pretty mediocre team. Um, so, so that's a pretty good signing. The one I want to get to, and I want to I want to hear your opinion on this first before I share it. Jason Hayward, uh, eight years, a hundred and eighty-four million dollars to the Chicago Cubs. What do you think of this? I think it's a Big big number, um, and it's a lot of years, but I like it. I, I mean, I've had a man crush on Hayward for a few years, and he's always kind of burned me because he hasn't been great in fantasy. You know, aside from a few years ago where he really broke out, 
You know, I was kind of like, okay, well, here's the potential. It's, it's finally coming through. I need to grab this guy. And then he kind of fell flat. Um, and then injuries have hurt him a little bit too. But, I mean, he's a guy, if you look at his war, I, I forget what the exact number is now, but he's like top five in war over the past few years. And it's it's all of the things that he does. Granted, that doesn't factor in for your fantasy teams, but just the little things that he does with getting on base, you know, occasionally getting that steal when they need it or, or driving in that key run when they need it. I mean, he's a talented guy. I, I, I think it's a big number, but, I mean, to, to pry him away from arguably the best team in that division over the past decade um, for the team that's like the new up-and-coming hey, we've arrived with all their young prospects and, and talent. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, they needed they needed some more outfield, you know, name players, I feel like, and they definitely got one in Hayward. I hate it, and I'll tell you why. He is a slightly, slightly better version of Nick Marcakis six years ago. Let me read you a stat. After the 2009 season, that Nick Marcakis, I believe that was his 26-year-old season, maybe 25, Nick Marcakis had a 293 batting average, 18 home runs, 94 runs, 100 RBI. Now, he doesn't have the speed, and he doesn't have quite the war that Jason Hayward does but it was still positive and it was still good. Now let me read you what Jason Hayward did last year. 293 average, 13 home runs, 79 runs, 60 RBI. Granted, he has 23 stolen bases, so I already said he doesn't have the speed. Now his war is better because I think he's a better defense. He's a better outfielder. Um, So he's got you there. He's got speed, which helps him defensively. And on the stolen bases. Um, would you, if Nick Markakis was coming off of that season, or even the season before when he had a war of six, which pretty much matches what Jason Hayward did last year. So if I go back one more year where Nick Markakis had 20 home runs, a 306 average, 106 runs, 87 RBI, 10 stolen bases. So he was actually running then. His war was six. Six years ago, if you take that player from six, seven years ago, that was Nick Markakis, drop him now, same age, would you have ever paid Nick Markakis eight years, $184 million? No. Crazy um, talk. But I think, <laughs> again, that it's, it's the hype that Hayward built up with being a prospect. I mean, he was, you know, supposed to be the next coming of, of Jesus on the baseball field. And, you know, all of that out there was what all these people were banking on in Atlanta. And it just never really got there for for. I mean, he had, he had the 2012 season, and then it just kind of, 
bottomed yeah, out. He, played, he missed man, four like, games that season. To um, me, it's just you know, weird to pay a guy that kind of money for potential. Like, uh, I agree. You just, I agree that you, it's tough to do that. But you also look, in 2012, he also had 152 strikeouts. That's his highest of any any of his years. Um, granted, it's the most games he's ever played, too. Uh, like I said, he only pulls in 158 games. 154 this year. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he doesn't strike so, out a lot. I mean, he's got good plate discipline. I'm not arguing that. His batting average has always been pretty decent. Um, yeah. Granted, two years ago for the Braves, it was 254. Um, yeah, so that, wasn't that was good. rough. That was the but, year that I soured on him. I don't know. I, I just I, – I think – I don't think the guy shouldn't be paid. I just don't think he shouldn't be paid this much. I think I kind of maybe maybe I just kind of dislike the way that the salaries are going in general. I think they're just it's too inflated at this point. And if you're paying a guy like this who hasn't done anything yet. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. He's good at defense and he's mediocre at the plate at best. Um you're paying a guy like this Elite level money, elite. You're paying him Giancarlo Stanton money. Yeah, that is uh, they insane. Are. I mean, that's insane. That's comparison you look at too. The Orioles put out the, their offer for Chris Davis at what 150 million for six years, I think it was. Um, and and Davis had a great bounce back year, but he's He's the all-or-nothing guy. I mean, Hayward is at least a five-tool guy. I mean, he's going to get you stats in in every category in in fantasy and really in baseball. But I mean, you have to look at that. And, and yes, it's it's not necessarily the most runs, the most RBIs an MVP caliber play, but he's helping your team. He's he's doing all of those things that you need to win these games. And to bring him, again, away from your probably biggest competitor in the division is is a shrewd move, um, and I, I love it is. when it happens it is. to teams that I don't like. Um <laughs> But I think that it's I think it's too much money. I will agree with that. But I understand it to a point. I still think it's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean we need to move on. I could I could harp on this for a while. I just yeah. I just I just don't think he's an elite player. He's not in that caliber. He's he's one step below. And do I think Chris Davis deserves that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um I'm actually glad the Orioles took that offer off the table. Um that that would have been an idiotic signing. I don't think he should get a seven, six year deal because in three years he's gonna be uh, he'll be 32 in three years. Yeah, going, going 30, into 32, He'll be he'll be a he'll be a 240 hitter hitting 25 home runs. He has no speed, no nothing else. 
Okay. Well, but and that's what I'm saying. He's, for, he's the all-or-nothing guy. I mean, yeah. he had a great bounce-back well, campaign. He had a huge year in 13, um, you know, where his average was up to 286. But, you know, I, I do see the average falling down. I see the strikeouts continuing to rise, um, just like they have every year. Um so I, I just think that, that I don't think he's worth 150. I'd love for him to be back. Uh, so yeah, me too. Crush balls out of this ballpark, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, me don't too, definitely. I don't know if he will be. And, and Trumbo, not a bad backup plan in my mind. Defensively, meh, but he can play in the outfield too if he needs to. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be rough there for him. But anyway, yeah. like I said, we need to move on. Um, kind of rip through the last bit of this here. Um, some of the waiver wire moves, we'll get back to football. Um, so, you know, we talked about a lot of the injuries. We'll get some of the waiver wires. I know there's probably not a lot of waiver wire activity going on anymore, but, you know, for those of you still in playoffs, I think Tim Hightower is the number one waiver wire if he's actually still out there. He's probably snatched up in a lot of in a lot of leagues. 28 carries last week. It wasn't a good yards per carry, but 28 carries. I'll repeat that. 28 carries. <laughs> Somebody's going to catch touch the ball 28 times. I want him on my team. Um, yeah. That's, that's a lot. All right, well, in um, both, both of my leagues, it was C.J. Spiller that was the one that got the pickup, and Hightower was the one. Yeah, that yeah. Well, so I don't know why Spiller is even a thought. Yeah, I mean, I think – did, we talked about that. I was like, I think Spiller, I, I was like, it was still kind of early. We didn't quite know. I was like, I, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, Spiller might be the guy, but don't overlook Donta. At first, I just kind of thought to stay away from the situation. And then later on in the week, it was like, no, Spiller is not going to get any ex- extra work. It's going to be Don, uh, it's going to be Tim Hightower. So it was like, hmm, all right. I didn't realize it was going to be that much of a workload. That's pretty crazy. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think the number two guy and possibly number one, if you re- if if we can be sure that TJ Yeldon is out, is going to be Denard Robinson. You kind of mentioned him earlier. He was pretty good last year in the time that he had to start. And he was real good on on Sunday, um, and he's got very favorable matchups. Atlanta and New Orleans. I'm trying to get Denard Robinson where I can uh, in in the three leagues that that I that I'm in still. He's actually snatched up in my dynasty league, luckily by a team that's not in the playoffs. I think he could, I think he's going to be a difference maker. I really do. Um, yeah. Bryce Brown. And I actually at first had Dewan Harris listed with Bryce Brown. And I was going to say, I'm not really liking either of these two, but about an hour before the show, I read that Dewan Harris has been released. So it is the Bryce Brown show. So Bryce Brown has moved up and gained a lot of value because I really don't think that Fred Jackson's going to get much extra work. I think he's a change of pace back, passing down back. He's not his role isn't going to change. So this is Bryce Brown. Now I don't think Bryce Brown's going to be Thomas Rawls or you know Marshall Lynch. He's not going to be that. But is he usable if you're desperate and you lost Rawls and you didn't really have anybody else? Absolutely. Um. You you mentioned this guy earlier too, Tyler Lockett. Um, not got not getting a lot of targets, but he's making the most of them, m- making the most of them. 
So, you know, if you're kind of looking for somebody to throw in the flex there, something like that, then, then, you know, look, lock its way. Um, Zach Miller, if you're looking at tight end help, he's somebody that I think is still out there in a lot of leagues. Marty Bennett's done for the year and Zach Miller's done a really good job filling in, filling in for, uh, for Marty Bennett. Actually, he's probably played better than Marty Bennett uh, the whole year. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think Miller's done really well this year. And um, it's, it's and last, close. yeah, it's it. I I knew it was. I just I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Um, and the and the last guy I want to mention here is is Cameron Artis Payne, and and I only mention this because, you know, I know his name is getting floated around there. I'm not really sure about him. If you're totally desperate and you just want to take a flyer on the guy to block him, maybe from some other teams. Mm, sure. I just don't really know. I don't like I said it earlier. I just don't really think the Carolina Panthers are gonna put their undefeated season in the hands of a, a running back that they've had inactive for it feels like ninety nine percent of the year. Um, so the, those are kind of my top waiver wire ads. I don't know if you had anybody else to throw in. Those seem to be the 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 real obvious ones and it is week 15. So let's be honest. Teams at this point probably have pretty good teams. You're not looking to do a whole lot, but these are guys that I I would look at if you need some help and potentially just kind of block plays, like pick up a couple of these guys, you know, dump your, dump your trash to block. Mm -hmm. Like that's definitely a strategy to play at this point. Keep them out of the hands of your opponents, even if you're not going to use them. Because those two stats, Marty Bennett is 53 receptions on 80 targets, 439 yards, and three touchdowns. Miller is 21 receptions on 32 targets, only 313 yards, but five touchdowns, and a 14.9 average uh, to to 8.3. So definitely. Oh, there you go. It's playing better. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I knew it was close, and it is actually better. So. Um, so I'm going to let you start here on, on finishing up things here. We'll just kind of try and do rapid fires as, as much as possible here, you know, with our best worst fantasy games, sleepers and busts for the week. Again, it's week 15. So guys are going to play who they're going to play. Um, yeah, but I always like to do this. This is kind of more for daily fantasy than anything. Anyway, I've always kind of thought, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's always good for season long players too. Yeah. So my, uh, my, best game of the week is going to be this Carolina at at the Giants game. Um, we already kind of touched on the various players involved here. Uh, you know, Odell Beckham is going to have a tough matchup um, this week, but I, I don't know if matchups really matter much for him at this point. Um, again, I do like Ted Ginn Jr. I think he can have a good you know, couple deep deep pull um, you know, at least one touchdown I'm calling for him. So uh, I like that game. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, and then my, my worst game is the, the Houston at Indy. I just think overall there's too many injuries going into this game. I mean, you, you don't really have your your marquee guys. You don't have your Arian Foster. You don't have your Brian Hoyer. Not that he's necessarily marquee, but he's been good <laughs> for Houston. Um you don't have your Andrew Luck, um, you know, and and, and even H- Hasselback is sounds like he's going to be out too. So, not really the matchup that you're looking for here. I just 
think it's going to be another one of those weak games that we've been talking about. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go real quick here. My my best fantasy game is going to be the Arizona Philly game. Philly offense seems to actually be waking up a little bit. Um, Bradford has seemingly sparked some life into this team. Uh, is as weird as that is to say, um, and we all know that Arizona's offense is legit, and Philly's defense is mediocre I guess like they're they're like relatively good but they're opportunistic and and that's pretty much kind of it um yeah so like I I think Arizona they've they've proven they can score on just about anybody so I don't think they're gonna have too hard of a time scoring on Philly um my worst game is gonna be Kansas City and Baltimore um you know Baltimore's actually got a, a relatively good rush defense um, but their passing offense, their passing defense is bad. And we all know that the Kansas City likes to revolve around the run game. So I think that their offense could be stymied a little bit. And then Baltimore is just a train wreck at this point. Um, and Kansas City's defense has been pretty good. So I think it's going to be on the lower end of a, a spectrum of scoring. Yeah. I I think uh, I, I got to – disagree a little bit with you there. I, I mean, I do think that the game's not going to be great, but fantasy-wise, I've got my sleeper receiver as Jeremy Macklin. Um, I, like you said, Baltimore's path defense is atrocious. Um, you know, they can't I mean, stop anything. Macklin can so. still get his. It doesn't mean he can never score. I'm just, I, I don't, I'm oh, not yeah. seeing a, I'm not seeing a 35-30 game out of this one. I'm seeing more like a, maybe a 20 that's 13 games, so you're getting like a couple touchdowns, like nothing great. Like it's not going to be a big blow up game, like some of these games that we've seen. It's going to be on the lower end of the scoring. Yeah, but Mac can um, still but, be a good play for sure. Yeah, and I mean he he had kind of a down week this past week. Um, you know, only six for 68. Uh, the week before that against Oakland, he had you know a solid game, nine for 95, um, and two touchdowns. But, you know, he's kind of been up and down, but I think this is a nice matchup for him, even on the road. Um, so uh, we've already talked about Denard Robinson. Uh, I, I definitely think he's going to be the go-to guy, uh, and I think he's got a solid matchup and can definitely put up some points for you. Um, if you're especially in, in your, you know, your DFS games, he's he's got a low salary, so he's he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, and then sleepers, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. Um, I mean, Detroit's going up against New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is coming off a big win, in my mind, just because any win for them right now is, is a big win. Um, and and I know how bad their you know defense has been against the pass. Um, and if Stafford can put together a game similar to, you know, not even similar to, but two-thirds of the way of what he did to the Eagles on, on Thanksgiving, he's going to have a huge day. So uh, I really like Stafford this week. Yeah, I agree. I've got Stafford ranked in my top ten for sure. And um, There's just too many guys that I, I couldn't put behind him. But I do like him, you know. Like you know, like I said, I, I really like Bulls. It's hard to put guys like Palmer and Rodgers and Brady and Wilson and Newton behind him. Yeah. 
even like a Drew Brees, you know, it's just too hard to put those guys behind him, but he, but he, but he's, he's right there with him and it be no, being absolutely no shock to me at all. If he finished in the top two, three of quarterbacks this week because of his opponent, you know? Um, so I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It's just, it's too hard to rank, you know, all those kind of guys that have been way more consistent this year and playing better football in general, you know, uh, behind him, but you yeah. know, I, I do agree with you. I, I do like that pick. Mine's gonna be a little, a little risky because Buffalo actually has a pretty decent pass, um, a pretty a pretty decent pass defense. But um, I'm gonna go with with Kirk Cousins, um, and I, and I say this only because he's playing at home. And if you look the home road splits for Kirk Cousins, they're pretty jarring. I mean, it's it's almost like Drew Brees, like not to the level of Drew Brees, but like the, the difference is like a Drew Brees difference. You know, you're looking at a 111 passer rating at home for Cousins, 74 away, um, 12 to 2 intercept, touch on an interception ratio at home, 6 to 9 on the road. You know, he's one, he, he's, his stats is all over the place are extraordinarily better at home and he plays at home and Buffalo has had games where they've been passed on. So it's not like, it's not possible for them. Um, it's just, they, they've been decent. They're, they're kind of middle of the road um, in, in, in past defense. Um, but you know, Cousins seems to pick his game up at home, and who knows? Um, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking you don't want to totally forget about him in DFS. You know, he could be a real cheap kind of play, so you can load up on some of these big time receivers and running backs that you want later. Um, totally with you on the Donald Robinson thing. Like he was the guy that I was going to do this one. And I really wanted to kind of say him. Now, granted, this all still hinges on on TJ Yeldon missing the game. Um, yeah, my sleeper receiver is Lockett. Um, spoke on him earlier. He's playing really well. He gets another, another really good matchup this week. Um, I, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to, to think why he can't continue the success. You know, I don't know if you can count on two touchdowns again, but he's still going to be, he's still going to be good. Um, and you know, just just to give a stat real quick, as to how bad the the pass defense has been for the the Cleveland Browns, you know they rank 22nd against wide receiver ones and 22nd against wide receiver twos, and so and then 29th against every other wide receiver. So it, they're bad. So Lockett's the guy that I like. I think everybody's obviously on Baldwin, so he can't be a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my bust for this week. Uh, we already talked about him earlier. Um, quarterback wise, I'm going with Big Ben here. Denver's defense is still just top notch against the pass and against quarterbacks. Um, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough fought game. I feel like for them, I still think Pittsburgh's probably got the edge, um, especially being. I'm pretty sure they're playing at home, so. Um, 
I just don't I don't see Ben having a huge game. I think they're gonna try to rely on, on D. Willie and, and get the running game going early and often and just keep pounding the ball. Adrian Peterson is my my running back. Um it kinda of pains me to say that, but I mean he's he's not he's had a stretch of solid games, but he's also had some pretty terrible games mixed in there. In the last two weeks, he hasn't he hasn't really put up the numbers. I mean, granted they're against tougher Seattle and Arizona. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say granted they're against tough run defenses. So I'll, I'll this give him Chicago, a bit of a pass there. Last in rush defense on on the yeah. on DVOA. Uh, that's but, I, I I'm loving AP, and you better be wrong because I've got him in my dynasty league. So. <laughs> Um, he's also had trouble holding the ball this year. Uh, yeah, mean, he does have more fumbles. He's only lost three fumbles, but he's actually had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fumbles total. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he's losing them almost every other time he fumbles the ball. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for. I, I just don't think Minnesota's pass game is really there right now either. Um, no, I totally agree. So, you know, I, I just don't – they can try to lean on them as much as possible, and I think they still will. Um, you know, and he had a decent game against the Bears earlier this year, but uh, I just don't think it's – yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge week for him. And then uh, my receiver pick, I I didn't want to stay with the same you know same game going against Denver with the the Pittsburgh guys, so I'm I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we kind of already talked about him a little bit too, but do you hate me? You know, <laughs> I've got Hopkins on my dynasty team too. <laughs> I just I I don't think he's gonna have a good game. I mean, he can blow up. And, you know, he did have a huge game against Indianapolis uh, the first time they played. But, you know, granted, that was with Hoyer throwing the ball to him. And, um, yeah, I mean, he had like 10, I think he had 10 catches and like 11 targets or, or one or the other, something. I mean, it was it was a high, high number. Um, so I just don't know if he's going to get that same amount of looks um, with teams you know, really trying to shut him down more. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be tough. I mean, you just, you just saw what, um, you know, what happened to Allen Robinson over there. So that's going to be tough. I hope he, I hope he doesn't have a down week, but yeah, I'm kind of afraid he's going to also. So my, my bus, uh, Eli Manning, uh, it's, it's Manning. He is, is inconsistent as it comes. So I'm not really banking on him to, to have a blow up week again, especially playing Carolina. No, thank you. Um, enough said there. Latavius Murray. Um, he's just been kind of struggling the last few weeks, more than the last few weeks, really. He's been kind of just struggling. Um, getting Green Bay, who's, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not great against the run but they're you know they're 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 pretty good um so 
I just I don't like Latavius Murray. I think his name is still kind of carrying carrying value for him in a lot of leagues. Um, and then you know I'm right there with you about the the Big Ben and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers playing Denver. I'm I've got I'll I'll back you up there and say Antonio Brown is going to be my my bus receiver. Now am I sitting him in in season long leagues? Mm, probably not. But in daily, he's probably still going to be pretty expensive. And I will not, I would not pay up for him. It's just, you, I doubt you're going to get the return on value. I mean, the Denver defense has been the best defense against the pass by far. And it's, it's not where it's not worth paying up for. So that is all I've got. Do you have anything to add, man? Um, yeah, I was just going to follow up with that. Um, he is the second highest uh, receiver on DraftKings, at least, at 8,700. Yeah, uh, there's no chance I would pay up. And then Julio yeah. Jones and DeAndre. So I, I don't really like any of those guys for those numbers this week. Um, yeah, you know, those are all pretty high numbers, and they've, got, they've all got pretty tough matchups. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see people. It'll it'll be interesting to see the ownership percentages in, in, for those guys, and just see if people are going to go in total opposite directions. Um, yeah. So, so that's all really good information to 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 know. Um, again, like I've said before, I'm not a big daily guy, but you know, I do understand how it works. I just don't have the time to do it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so that is the show we have for today. Um, thank you for joining us. And if you're still in your in your playoffs, good luck for week 15, getting to that championship game. And, um, yeah, that's all I've got. So see you all, all right. next week. Sounds good. Take it easy. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.